Well, hello there, and welcome back into the Bet US NFL show for the divisional round of the playoffs coming this weekend. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. You are here for the handicapping of these guys. Chris Farley back aboard. What is this? The G-Men outfit. Look at that on the uh, the the left breast there. He's raring to go. Good to be back with you, Brother Farley, as the Giants get ready to uh, to play again in the NFL playoffs, unlike the Buccaneers, who are out. I'm part of the Buccaneers radio broadcast, and Brad Thomas uh, is hiding his eyes. He's with us as a guest handicapper today. Uh, you and I both sunk with the ship, figuratively, on Monday night against the Cowboys. Guys, how are we doing? Farley, you good? You composed? We still got a couple days before the game. Farley, you good? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm composed. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty amped up for this game on Saturday night. Uh, unfortunately, we have – my wife is eight, eight months pregnant, and we have our, 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 our baby shower that same oh. day. So everyone's oh. going yeah, to be exhausted. we got family here, and I'm going to be amped up Saturday night. I'm, I don't know if anyone's going to be with me, but I'm, I'm watching okay. So I'll give you more advice. I keep giving you advice. I know you've done this before, too. But if people keep asking what can we get, just keep saying diapers, wipes, and cash. In cash. that order. Or Venmo <laughs> me or PayPal, all the above on that. Uh, Farley did confirm before the show began, but we'll say it to the show, he will not be in attendance at, uh, what is that, Lincoln Financial Field or whatever they call it in Philadelphia, because you could not secure an armored car as Giants <laughs> fans to get in and out. Uh, but you will be enjoying it nonetheless. Brad Thomas uh, good to have you back on the program, ready to talk some NFL and some plays for this week. How are things? How you feeling midweek here as we get ready for the playoffs to resume? Things are going great. You know, unlike Farley, I don't have that sweat. So I'm just like excited to watch football and not be emotionally invested. Well, but we will uh, obviously have some interesting things to discuss and some plays on the show. Thank you for finding us. We are here Thursdays at 1 Eastern time, live on BetUS and the platforms in the YouTube channel. We will be here because this time next week, we will know the AFC and NFC championship games. We will know, for example, if a history-making scenario exists where the AFC title game between Kansas City and Buffalo potentially is being played in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We will know that. Now, they both have to win for that scenario to happen, obviously, but we will know that next Thursday. And then what will happen in the NFC out of the combo of Philly, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the 49ers? The winners will meet uh, next week, and then we'll have the participants for Super Bowl 57 after next weekend. Can't believe that. But we're here Thursdays at 1 Eastern time breaking down the game. So thank you for finding us. Hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And we're ready to handicap all four of these playoff games momentarily. First, though, let's take a look at the records on the show. And you will notice that the playoffs were also good to the BetUS NFL show. The overall record continues to be above 500. Uh, nice job, Chris, with your two-team teaser on the 49ers and the Jaguars uh, last week. Uh, unfortunately, my Buccaneers didn't help you out with your other teaser, and they also cost Scott Kellen as well when the Bucs could not come through. Nonetheless, the show's still looking good. Uh, through the regular season and now one week of the playoffs, you're making money. Boys, you ready? Let's get into it. Let's go for it. Let's start talking divisional round playoffs. Here we go. And... Let's begin uh, very interestingly with the Saturday matchup involving the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC hosting the Jaguars, who won in that incredible comeback a week ago uh, against the L.A. Chargers. So now Jacksonville goes to Kansas City, Casey laying 10. The total is 52 and a half. The Chiefs obviously off the bye week. All right, let's get into it. Chris Farley, begin things on the conversation. What do you like here for an official play 
on the Thursday of the divisional round weekend. Yeah, I'll start by saying this. You know, most books have the Jaguars as eight and a half point underdogs, but not bet US. So if you like the Jaguars like me, uh, you got to capitalize on this line. This is 10 points in a playoff game, and these Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of momentum. Now, let's, I'm going to talk about the other side first because this is obviously a Kansas City Chiefs team who they've been here before, right? 2019, 2021, they were the number one seed. They took that right to the Super Bowl. Would not be surprised if they do that again. And this is going to be a much bigger challenge for the Jaguars. We're talking about the most explosive offense in the NFL, 0.45 points per play. Um, so that's nearly uh, a point for every two plays that they have out there on the field. It's kind of crazy. So still the most explosive offense in the NFL, most explosive passing attack, 7.8 yards per pass. And this Jaguars defense is good, but it is the Jaguars defense that's, you know, they're hyper-athletic, they're young, uh, they can make big plays, but I don't see them as like that stingy, disciplined group that's going to be able to limit the Chiefs for this whole game. But I do think that they can stay in this game with their offense. Obviously, you know, the Chiefs, they've had some areas of uh, concern in their, in their passing defense. Teams can pass on them. We see this momentum now that the Jaguars have. Trevor Lawrence, an incredible comeback last week uh, in a game that they obviously should have lost, being down 27 nothing. But I believe in Doug Peterson as a coach. Uh, him and Trevor Lawrence have a great relationship, obviously, restored his confidence. And this is just one of those games where the Chiefs have kind of done this all year, right? They, they win games. They won nine out of their last 10 games. Only losses are to Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati, and somehow the Colts in week three, which by the way, I'll never forget because the Chiefs were my survivor play that week, and that ousted me out of the survivor. But anyway, mm. I mean, I mean, how did they lose to the Colts? I don't know. But yep. the Chiefs have been consistent all year, but they haven't been consistently covering. This is a huge line in a divisional round. Um, so I am going to take Jacksonville plus 10, but I'll, I'll end it with this. The one area of concern that I have in this game for Jacksonville is uh, Chris Jones. You know, Chris Jones is, is not celebrated enough, but he's one of the best – Defensive tackles in the NFL, 15 and a half sacks this year. That's a career high for him. Matched uh, another year a few years ago. And this Jacksonville defense can't get off the field. They're 29th in opponent third down conversion allowed, 43.46%. We know what the Chiefs do best. They convert on third and fourth down conversions. They're lights out in that area, uh, second in the NFL. So Jacksonville can't get off the field at least a few times on defense. This could be a long day for them but I think that their offense keeps them in this game. So Jacksonville plus 10, that's a great number here at BetUS. All right, Brad Thomas, uh, you're going to have some feelings on this. Uh, first of all, I should make mention to the audience uh, that the Three Dog Thursday audio podcast still exists, and Brad Thomas and I have already gone over the games on that podcast, and we went over this game, and, and I'll make reference to one where you and I agree on an underdog in a little uh, later on in the show uh, as well. But when you and I were talking about Jacksonville and Kansas City, they played each other, and they played each other fairly recently uh, here in the season in Week 10. How much of a factor is that? Chiefs at home laying a big number. Thoughts and an official play, please. Yeah, I'm not too overly worried or concerned about what happened in the first game. Uh, like, it, it's not like it was a close match by any means. Uh, it was one of those sleepy middle-of-the-day games where Jacksonville pretty much got blown out the entire game, uh, albeit for late, late score in the game. Um, it, and I also don't think that it's going to be – Jacksonville didn't think they were going to be in the position where they're at today. So when I say it's hard to beat a team twice, I'm generally talking about, you know, 
a, a team, two Super Bowl caliber teams, one takes the win, the other one takes the L, then they have to play them again. Then it gets a little dicey, but I actually do lean uh, Jacksonville, which kind of correlates a little bit with my play. I know there will be points scored in this game. The total is set pretty high. I don't know if it eclipses the 54 or whatever it's at right now. It's a little high for my for my blood to go and bet it. But I'm actually going to be on Patrick Mahomes over 318 and a half passing yards. One thing we know as the weakness for this Jacksonville Jaguars team is their pass defense. 30th and pass defensive DVOA. And more importantly, they're allowing over 350 pass yard per game. Yes, there are going to be the critics who talk about, you know, the negative sides of that bet where Patrick Mahomes is only averaging about 308. But you look about a lot of the game scripts where he doesn't have to pass the ball because he's not playing offenses that can keep up with him. Or, yes, the Jags have improved offensively if you just look at over the last three games or over the last five games. Look at the quarterbacks they played. Look at the styles of offenses they played. I think Patrick Mahomes has a big game here. Not necessarily because I I really want to attack the Jacksonville Jaguars in a blowout. I actually think the Jaguars score enough points to make this a little bit more of a shootout, which means Mahomes is going to continuously be passing. And late in the fourth quarter, we might not get the ball being ran out. All right. Interesting. So his play is going to be on Mahomes. A couple of good notes and nuggets. Mahomes 4-0, obviously, in his career in the divisional round. All home wins, 3-1 against the number, for what it's worth. Jacksonville's not been here with Trevor Lawrence. This is just his second playoff game. They were here last in 2017. Not really any players, per se, on the Jaguar team that would have experienced that. And they've gone through a couple of coaching staff since then. Now, Doug Peterson has been around and won playoff games but just food for thought there, including the regular season meeting. So Chiefs at home to kick off the divisional round weekend. Chris Farley says Jacksonville plus the 10. Brad Thomas says, give me Patrick Mahomes to throw, throw, throw in this one over the total of 318 and a half yards. Those will be the two official plays. Uh, and interesting, there have been times where ja- where uh, Kansas City's been in trouble. You guys know this in this game. They were in trouble the whole second half of the Buffalo divisional round game uh, a year ago in KC, only to come roaring back and finally win the thing, uh, get the game tied and win the thing in overtime. We, we can hearken back to Mahomes against Deshaun Watson of the Texans, and weren't the Texans up like 21 nothing in the first half? So there can be some anxious moments here, Chris Farley, for Kansas City in this game with the Jacksonville team that showed some resiliency last week and has some ability to throw the football. Yeah, and I think that's the concern for both of the number one seeds, right? We'll talk about the Giants-Eagles next, but you know, you're just – that week of rest, uh, obviously it's good. I mean, everybody's banged up at this time of the season, but, but it also takes away some of the energy, some of the – momentum that you might have had to end the season whereas you have a team like Jacksonville who their confidence should be at an all-time high right now they came down 27 nothing what a comeback and their defense virtually shut down the Chargers offense in that second half last week too right so I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be celebrating at Waffle House this weekend but I think I think it's going to be a better game you got to love that uh and Brad one more time here uh, Jacksonville's been fighting for their life to yeah. Chris's point They had to win a winner-take-all game with Tennessee just to get in. And I don't think there were even uh, family members that still believed they could come back down 27-0, but they did. Uh, Now let's see if they have anything emotionally and otherwise left in the tank for Kansas City uh, in this matchup on Saturday. Again, thank you for finding us. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribing. I'm seeing that live audience growing as people have just joined us. We're going to talk about the next three games here on the record. You see the NFL show is here 
Thursdays, 1 Eastern time. We've been here all season long. We'll be here before the AFC and the NFC Championship game next week as well. Hit the like button. Make sure you are subscribing. Game number two. Mr. Farley's going to be very interested in this. His New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Third meeting of the season. They did play in week 18 in the finale. The Giants didn't play starters for the most part. The Eagles had to win to get the number one seed. All right, now the Eagles have had the week off. The Giants, the great performance in knocking off the Vikings in a rematch last week in Minnesota. Eagles lay seven and a half, total 48 and a half in this one. All right, we don't have an official play, but Brad Thomas, I'm going to come to you first. They'll let, they'll let Farley warm up further, shadow box, <laughs> warm up in the bullpen, get him, get him primed. Uh, Brad Thomas, a thought or two on G-Men at the Eagles, if not an official play. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that uh, this line gets a little moved up further to more of Philly minus eight, because I'd gladly take a, a teaser leg with the Giants if you're going to tell me that I'm getting 14 points for the Giants here. But ultimately, I don't want to take a side because I do think that this could be a massive letdown spot for the Giants, not necessarily because of what they're doing on offense, but because they're playing against a team who is vastly different than the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings rank in the bottom third, the bottom fourth in defense, especially in defensive DVOA. Now they're going against a top 10 defense who has only gotten better throughout the season. But there's just something about this Giants team that I can't quite put my finger on. You know, like if you look at the stat sheet, if you look at all the advanced metrics, there's nothing that really indicates the Giants' success, right? Like, and I love betting with stats and numbers, you know. I know the game is one on the field and not with numbers. So that's the reason they're here. It's because they play so hard. They are schematically advanced under Dable, who is a winner, uh, more than four championships between college and pros. So I don't want any part of the spread. I was actually thinking that I might go to the uh, player prop market here and do something a little cheeky. So during the offseason, both of these quarterbacks in the same division were pitted up against each other. Which one was going to be the quarterback that was going to make the next step? Was it going to be Jalen Hurts? Was it going to be Daniel Jones? And yes, I got a lot of hate for backing Jalen Hurts. And a lot of the people in the naysayers said it would be Daniel Jones who makes the next step. Looks like we were both right, so I can't. Uh, pull back the receipts that I had. But I think I'm going to do something a little cheeky and take both quarterbacks to run for 50-plus yards. We Mm. know there's some injury questions behind Jalen Hurts, but Daniel Jones is consistently using his legs to move the chains. He could have ran for 100 if he wanted to against the Vikings. But I think at some point, Dabble sat him down and said, listen, do not go out there and get hurt. We are going to beat this team. It's It's just they could feel it during the game that they were the far superior team. But I don't want to lay the points here. Maybe we get to eight and I tease it. I think that'd be a great teaser option. Mm, All right. So that last comment there about the Giants having played last week, Chris Farley, and uh, it is a lot of points here. Do you buy into that? I mean, this is the case for Jacksonville and for the Giants. They played a game. They won a playoff game, positive reinforcement, while the other team was sitting back. How much do you buy into that? And give me a thought or two if no official play here. I'm not going to have an official play on the show because I don't want to seem biased. Um, <laughs> at the, you also at, don't want to be responsible if something bad happens. I get that, too. You, you got, you right, got conflict right. I mean, all over the place. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to bet on the Giants plus seven and a half and tease the Eagles down. You can kind of you know hedge yourself in that situation, right? But I'll say this. This line is saying it's, it's seven and a half. It's like we've got to give the Giants some respect, right? It can't be eight and a half, nine, ten. Uh, because of the way they're playing, but it is at Philly. 
you know, Philly obviously routed them in week 14. Now, the Giants were without a few players. They were without Kayvon Thibodeau in that game. They were without Adoree Jackson. Um, one of their interior defensive linemen, too, not, not Dexter Lawrence, the other guy whose name I forget, which is not good mm. as a Giants fan, but they were without him as well. Uh, so, you know, Giants are, are healthier on defense. And I'll, I'll say this. If you support the Giants in this game, you know, kind of like what Brad was talking about, right? Like, there's not a lot of data points to suggest that this team could even hang with a team like the Philadelphia Eagles at any point. But it's a lot of coaching, right? And, and that's the question. In 2023, can a team that's just shown a lot of chemistry, growing in confidence, and a lot of that is because of Brian Dayball, can they dethrone a team as talented as the Philadelphia Eagles? And, you know, the Eagles are kind of slumping at the end of their season, right? After they beat the Giants in Week 14, um, they barely beat the uh, Bears, and they lost to the Cowboys, they lost to the Saints, so they were without Jalen Hurts in those games, but they were controlled in the trenches by the Saints at home. Like, that was a concerning performance by the Eagles. And then in Week 18, they barely beat the second and third strings of the New York Giants with Jalen Hurts back. Now, you know, his shoulders should be okay. Everything that I've read medically said that he should be 100% at this point. But obviously, his shoulder's an issue, right? All it takes is one hit. Um, and, then it's, and then it's aggravated once again. And this Giants defensive line is much healthier. Uh, just one thing that I wanted to point out about Brian Dable as a coach, you know, uh, my son, he's 16. He had a really bad experience in playing basketball recently with his coach. Brian Dayball is the kind of coach you want. You know, you saw Darius Slayton drop that pass, really key pass mm-hmm. last week against the Vikings. And Brian Dayball took Slayton to the side, obviously was encouraging him, telling him to keep his chin up. Like that's a coach, right? And he has these teams, he has these players believing in themselves, playing really hard out there probably playing above their talent. And in that Week 14 game, the Eagles took it to the Giants right away. Three straight touchdowns. The Giants were down 21-0. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley weren't, you know, maximized to their rushing potential, certainly the way that they should have been and the way that they can be in these games. Even against good defenses, they found some success. Although I will say, you know, that Minnesota Vikings defense, I mean, they gave about the softest cushion imaginable. That's not going to happen this week against the Eagles. You are correct. (laughs) <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to have to be special in this game. Saquon's going to have to be special. Um, I do think Daniel Jones' rushing prop, it's around 44. I think that's a pretty good over on that one because he's going to have to compensate probably against a really good defense. But, you know, one thing that we, we've we all noticed, right, Daniel Jones' 1.1 interception rate this season, that's the best in the NFL. And now you're seeing on the other end, right, Josh Allen fumbled it three times last week, two interceptions. Maybe Brian Dayball, in his absence from Buffalo, now inclusion for the Giants makes a huge difference. I think the Giants could be feisty in this game. It's just all about if the Eagles fall asleep at the wheel. If the Eagles show up and the motivation and everything is kind of even, then the Eagles should be able to control them in this game. Okay. Uh, again, recent sample size, the Eagles are 15-4 and four against the Giants. It's different coaching staffs, though, in some of those games. Uh, and in two of the last three meetings, as, as Chris was laying out, they've won by at least 20 points. Why do I get the feeling this is going to be a close game? Knockdown, drag out, NFC East game, lots of familiarity. And they believe right now. That's another word I'll use in New York. They believe in Dable. They believe they can win. Belief helps. It's not everything, but it helps. It helps. Let's see. Uh, again, no official play from the guys here on this one on the Giants and the Eagles. We should point out. Uh, that upsets do happen uh, in, in the uh, in the divisional round. We did not have an upset 
uh, in the divisional round last year involving the number one seeds. But two years ago, we had upsets of both number one seeds uh, in the divisional round as uh, oh no, actually last year. Yeah, correct. Last year, San Francisco upsetting Green Bay as the number one seed in the divisional round and Cincinnati beating Tennessee as the one seed in the divisional round. So they both went down a year ago. Will they both survive, including Philadelphia against the Giants? We will find out. We will find out. All right, so no official play on that one. Let's move on to the Sunday games, and we're back to the official plays. And this one will be interesting. Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills. This is in Buffalo with the Bills laying five. The total is 49 in this matchup. And obviously with the horror of DeMar Hamlin's collapse and cardiac arrest on the Monday night football game three weeks ago, we all know by now that game was never resumed in, in the first quarter with Buffalo playing at Cincinnati. So we did not get to see that play out. It did not obviously factor in anymore for the playoffs or home field advantage. All right, so now Hamlin doing much better. He's an inspirational guy. The Bills, though, had trouble putting away the Miami Dolphins. The Bengals at home had, had trouble with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, guys, uh, we are ready to see what both of you think. Chris Farley, I'm going to come right back to you for an official play or two, I think you got a couple of of official plays on Bengals Bills Sunday early game. Yeah, I got two official plays in this one, and I'll, t- I'll talk about the Bengals side first. Um, yeah, I mean the the Bengals were lucky to win that game last week. Uh, they got outplayed by the Ravens, and I think that that is just a case of you know divisional opponent. They have some of the defensive components that a lot of teams don't have. The Ravens do right. They have good cornerbacks, physical cornerbacks that can kind of hang with Cincinnati's wide receivers. And obviously, the injuries to Cincinnati's offensive line is an issue, and that's the reason why they're probably a few points higher here than they should be. Because uh, this, I mean, this Bengals team, you could argue, was arguably the, the best-looking team entering the NFL playoffs. I mean, they were looking fantastic on both sides of the ball, but now, you know, with one offensive lineman going down every single week the past few weeks, it's you know the continuity of the offensive line just just isn't there, right? And and that could be an issue in this game. Although Buffalo has not been consistent with pressure this year either. They're 16th in sack rate in the NFL, so they can certainly get to the quarterback. They certainly have the talent, uh, but they just haven't been that consistent. And, of course, the Bengals realize that they have some vulnerabilities in their offensive line, so I'm sure they'll look to compensate for that in some way. Um, Another thing is, I mean, Joe Burrow, in that game a few weeks ago when it did get started, he was 4 for 4 52 yards right out the gate. Looked very crisp. They looked very ready for this game. And, and I think both teams are going to look crisper this week. I mean, obviously, the way the Bills play the Dolphins, right? Josh Allen, a lot of turnovers in that game, very mistake-prone, kind of you know going back into some of those old tendencies that he's had. I think that he can correct that this week. Um, he's not going to experience the same kind of blitz packages from a team like the Bengals, who definitely have a formidable defensive line, but they don't, they're not quite as aggressive in the packages that they send that the Dolphins are. Um, all that to be said, I, I have to go with the, the Bengals plus five in this one. Uh, they've been one of my highest power rated teams all year. Um, they're, they're, just, they're just a very good team on both sides of the ball. I think they have some areas like Eli Apple could absolutely get exposed by Gabe Davis in this game. So there's some things to watch out for, but it's Joe Burrow who's, who's just been undeterred all season. And I just, I can't see this not being a close game, but on the other end, because of Josh Allen and some of the, you know, mistakes that he's been making. I think he's going to probably look to take care of the ball a lot better and maybe just pull down and not make as many throws downfield. You know, these these highly aggressive throws that are, are game-changing plays potentially if they work, but then it can go in the opposite direction. I can see him looking to run even more. 
I mean, no team requires more from their quarterback than the Bills <laughs> do from Josh Allen. And I think he's capable of holding them on his shoulders most of these games. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to turn to his legs more often than not. So I'll go Bengals plus five and Josh Allen over in his rushing prop. And what I think could be the game of the weekend. I mean, I, I don't see how this one isn't close. All right. Should be a lot of fun. Brad Thomas, again, you and I spent some time on the Three Dog Thursday show on the podcast uh, talking this game up. Uh, so I, I know where you're headed as well. Um, all right. So why do you believe this is going to be such a good game, such a close game and make your official pick, Brad? Yeah. So we want to talk about this Bengals team, right? They had a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover when they started uh, the season and a lot of people were instantly counting them out. You know, I probably was the one, too, because I thought they would be a little bit better at protecting the quarterback. You know, they spent a little money, spent a little time trying to get better on the offensive line. And, and ultimately, it wasn't. And a lot of that. And they also had to deal with the rust from Joe Burrow, not not practicing in the offseason. But then they quietly put together a 12 and five against the spread number. They had covered in nine straight games during that run. And they were games where they were underdogs in some of those and games where they had to come from behind, uh, most notably against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was probably the best first half I've ever seen Tampa Bay play. It was mm. not the Tampa Bay that we get used to, that we're used to from this entire season. I want to. I, the reason I'm saying that is because they have faced adversity. They have shown that they can pile drive past adversity. And if they face adversity in this game against the Bills, they have the team that's equipped to make a comeback. Why? Good decision-making by Joe Burrow. Why? Because they have a better receiver core than uh, than the Buffalo Bills, uh, which is a marriage between two really key components in making a comeback. But I also want to talk about one thing. While we were digging into the stats, there are seven teams who committed 24 or more turnovers on the season. Buffalo Bills were one of them, and they were not number 24. They weren't number seven as the lowest turnover mark. They were actually third highest. Six of those seven teams did not make the playoffs. You cannot continuously turn the ball over and think you were going to advance into the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team. Before this even started, we all thought the Buffalo Bills would be a, a for real Super Bowl contender. We all shot that we all thought that Josh Allen would be a shoe-in for the MVP. And then what happened? The Buffalo Bills came down to earth a little bit. It could be due to the elbow injury that Josh Allen sustained. It could be because they weren't as good as, as we hyped them up to be. But that's just putting a lot of ownership on Josh Allen. And why I'm saying these two things is because there's so many excuses we can make for why Josh Allen is turning the ball over. Uh, some of it can, can say it's, it's due to the elbow injury. I'm going to say it's due to there's a lot on his shoulders. He makes some pretty bad decisions um, trying to fit balls into tight windows, especially under pressure. And then what's going to be very important for the Bengals I'm on Bengals plus five to cover in this game is being able to stop the run. That's not just stopping the run of James Cook and, and Devin Singletary, which I'll do, which I think they do successfully. That's also stopping Josh Allen from taking this game over with his legs. I like the Bengals in this spot. I actually like the Bengals to win outright, but I would be safe because you don't need to be greedy in the playoffs. These are going to be the sharpest lines of the entire season. I will be safe and take Bengals to cover the plus five. We got uh, unanimous consent, as I like to say, whether we're on Three Dog Thursday or uh, here on the BetUS NFL show. I like the Bengals as well in this spot to at least keep it close. Again, uh, you said that stat before. I'll repeat it, that seven teams turn the ball over at least 24 times. The Bengals were the only, or I'm sorry, the Bills were the only one of the seven to make the playoffs, and they turned it over 27 times, correct, yeah. in the regular season, right? Yep. And then you saw more turnovers last week. 
Will it happen again in this matchup? All right, the guys are on the record both liking Cincinnati plus the five here to at least keep it close. Yep, go ahead. I'll say this too. I think this is the game where the Bills really miss Von Miller, right? Like Von Miller, you know, Micah Hyde too. Micah Hyde's not going to play in this game. But Von Miller, the the effect that he had on the Super Bowl for mm-hmm. the Rams last year and everything he did, Amen. if he was in this lineup with the Cincinnati offensive line and the lack of continuity, I would trust more that they could have a you know a huge impact right on this game. Without Von Miller as that kind of on-field leader, it it's I don't think it's as predictable as we think that they're just going to get like eight sacks and throw off Joe Burrow. Well, and you bring up a great point that the injury, the ACL injury happened all the way back on the Thanksgiving game in Detroit, and we almost kind of forgot about it a little bit. Uh, But he was a terror against the Buccaneers and the 49ers in the NFC title game and then in the Super Bowl against Joe Burrow playing for the Rams. So that is advantage Cincinnati that you don't have to block Von Miller in this game. And again, Chris's other play also had to do with Josh Allen's rushing yards to go over 45 for the reason he gave to take off on a couple of runs that will get him up over that total uh, as well. All right, there you go with the AFC games. One more game to go, and this is a game that is going to have massive, massive interest on Sunday as the Dallas Cowboys go into Santa Clara to play the 49ers with the 49ers having uh, pulled away in the second half to beat the Seahawks last week. Dallas, very impressive Monday night. Say what you want about the Bucks' struggles on offense and their problems. you got to give some props to Dak Prescott, completing 25 of his final 30 passes last week. Hello, for over 300 yards. All right, here we go uh, with this one, where the Cowboys are getting four, the total 46.5. Both handicappers are on this game. Brad Thomas, give me an official play. What do you like? I'm on the 49ers minus four. We watched this line do all kind of roller coaster and dancing. Listen, the 49ers opened as a four and a half point favorite. Then it dropped instantly to uh, minus three. And I think a lot of that was the overreaction of the Bucks game, right? It, it, we talked about this, TJ. We talked about how was it the Cowboys success or was it Tampa Bay coming out lackluster and getting taken advantage of? I think it was a mixture of both, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with the latter. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not prepared for that game. They were not coming out like they were going to run through a wall and go and win the game. They thought they'd be given to them because they're playing at home and they have Tom Brady, all this nonsense. Now, let's talk about Dallas's issues. We know this is going to be one of the best defenses that the San Francisco 49ers play with Brock Purdy. But this secondary can be had. Diggs takes a lot of gambles. Uh, if they, if they're not getting home on the pass rush, receivers are open. It was even seen in that game where they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this game's going to be a lot like that Washington game, right? Where Washington was getting some of the pass rush home, and we know how great the pass rush of the 49ers is, and it was making Dak Prescott have to make a lot of throws under pressure. Dak Prescott, when he has time, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When he's under pressure, he is not. And I want to tell a lot of people, stop waiting for the moment that Brock Purdy falls down. Brock Purdy, since he has been a starting quarterback in the NFL, has led the league in QBR passer rating. And people want to say it's because of the great offense and the the tools that he has around him. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, any Super Bowl quarterback, any NFL MVP has good pieces around him or has a good coach manage him. Like, you don't discredit somebody for that. But you still have to make the decision. You still have to make the throws. And I think you'll be able to make those throws against this Dallas Cowboys defense. I'm very, very excited to watch this game. And, and listen, I don't care if this is one of those that blows up in my face because I'm just betting on the better team at home 
And if it was like mm-hmm. five and a half, I probably wouldn't take it. People think this might be a field goal game. I don't think so. I think, Dal- I think Dallas is in a lot of trouble here unless they really did correct those secondary issues and it wasn't just a fluke against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let's see what happens. I'm on the 49ers minus four. If it is a field goal game, look out for the Cowboys because Brett Maher had all kinds of problems, guys. <laughs> I was there at field level Monday night on the radio broadcast, and I have seen a lot of crazy things in 25-plus years of being around the Buccaneer radio broadcast, being on the sideline the last 18 years. But when he missed the second extra point, you began to think, is there something physically wrong with him? And then when he shanked the third one, I, I was waiting for the Twilight Zone music <laughs> to come over the loudspeakers in Tampa Bay. It was not good, so much so that they didn't try the field goal in the fourth quarter because they had no confidence in him and went for it and got the touchdown to C.D. Lamb. All right, so if it comes down to a kick, it could be trouble. Uh, again, the 49ers have won 11 in a row. The 49ers, a lot of the same rosters. No Garoppolo. It's now Brock Purdy. But the 49ers won this game a year ago in the uh, in the postseason, in the uh, in the wild card round in Dallas. All right, Chris Farley, a thought and an official play on 49ers hosting the Cowboys. Yeah, we've seen this line move all week, but I, I love a lot of the things Brad said. I think I would strongly lean to the 49ers. We've we've kind of seen this story before, right? Um, Listen, Dak Prescott played, I think, the best game of his professional career last week for sure. Um, you know, made all the right decisions, pulled down the ball when he needed to, you know, uh, pinpoint accuracy on a few passes too, really read the defense well. Um, but this is going to be a different defense this weekend, right? I mean, Tampa Bay, like if you watch the Manning cast, Payne and Eli were just ripping apart the Tampa Bay defensive scheme, how they were playing off the ball the entire game. You know, San Francisco is not going to do that. Whether they play man-to-man or zone, this is an aggressive defense. And, yes, they can get beat downfield on occasion, but that's assuming that Dak Prescott is going to hold his own, he's going to be very poised, and he's going to see the field for the entire game. And uh, although I you know, I want to celebrate Dak, seems like a great dude, and you know, I'm glad he did well last week, uh, this is a different environment this week. And it feels like Nick Bosa is going to have a tremendous effect in this game you know, probably easily the defensive player of the year. Um, and, you know, on, on the other side of the ball, Micah Parsons and that Dallas Cowboys defense deserves a lot of credit, too. I mean, they had a, a two-yard loss tackle, did Micah Parsons, on the first play last um, week on the first Tampa Bay drive. They were aggressive and downhill that entire game. Uh, but again, I think San Francisco has the type of offense that can take advantage of that, right? Because San Francisco, even though they're QB friendly, they're not QB centric. You know, they have a lot of misdirection, a lot of creativity. Uh, and I think they can take advantage of the aggressive nature of Dan Quinn and that Dallas Cowboys defense. What I like most in this game, though, is the over. I think it's too low at 46 or 46 and a half. Um, the San Francisco team is averaging 34 points per game in the last seven games. We've seen Brock Purdy, even though last week in the first half, maybe a little unsettled. He settled in. He did it again. Uh, high production in that game. Their offense was very fluid in the second half. A few straight touchdowns out of the break. And Dallas Cowboys, 31 points per game in the last seven games, too. I think they'll, you know, Dak will eventually find his footing, probably when he's down a few scores. Uh, and then, you know, Dallas tries to creep their way back, which is going to be difficult against a San Francisco defense that's going to be able to really play even more aggressive. But Dallas is talented, right? They're really talented in offense. They have a talented run game. Um, and, and, you know, we saw the way that their offensive line could block last week against a, a pretty darn good front in, in uh, Tampa Bay, but they had their way. Um, so I would lean towards San Francisco. They're 8-2 and two against the spread at home this season. It's a team that takes care of business. 
Uh, and I think they they might be, you know, holistically the most complete team in the NFL playoffs. But I like the over even more. I think both of these teams are going to get theirs eventually. I think this is like a 34-21 uh, type of game. So uh, San Francisco, I, th- I think they're going to be in the NFC Conference Championship. But I, I like the over even more. All right. And again, Christian McCaffrey, a big X factor. He's been tremendous since coming over for the, the, the trade from Carolina. Obviously, he played collegiately in Northern California at Stanford, so they remember him well. Uh, will he step up and have a huge game? Debo Samuel was tremendous in the playoff game a year ago. Is he going to light up against Dallas as well in this one? And will Brock Purdy, as a rookie, roll into the NFC title game? Nobody had that. I mean, they were all talking Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Who had Brock Purdy leading the 49ers down the stretch and in the playoffs? Nobody had that. Purdy's family didn't have that. But that is the reality right now for the 49ers. And again, the Cowboys shut a lot of people up on Monday night with the way they played. Will they hang in? Don't know. All right, here's what the handicappers are officially on. Again, Brad Thomas says San Francisco. He will lay the points in the NFC Divisional Playoff game that will cap the weekend. Meanwhile, speaking of points, Chris Farley says points, points, points. He likes the over 46 and a half for this matchup. It was 30 years ago in the NFC title game. Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin against Steve Young, Jerry Rice and company that the Cowboys won in San Francisco at Candlestick Park and went to the Super Bowl under Jimmy Johnson. It's 30 years later. Will there be some, I can't believe I'm that old. Will there be some mojo for the Cowboys or will the 49ers take them out? We will wait and see. And again, the winners advance. To the I'll NFC this, title the, Yeah. I'll say this. The NFL wants the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl because, <laughs> you know, the, the, I mean, you know, the NFL, the, all the eyes that are on the Cowboys, that would be a great thing. But uh, easier said than done against, against the teams they're going to have to face. You can, I can already tell you right now, just from the, the different worlds that I'm in, including the sports media world, this will be 40 million people watching. It might even be 45 million people watching as the last game on Sunday night with a West Coast team, with a brand name like San Francisco, with the Cowboys who bring the love-hate factor. There'll be millions more watching because they hate the Cowboys. So it's going to have massive interest, and we'll see what happens uh, with those matchups. All right, there you go. There are the four games discussed thoroughly. Let's take a look at the best bets one more time. Here's what the guys are officially on if you joined us late. Again, Chris has got uh, several sides uh, that he is on, including Jacksonville and Cincinnati in the AFC. Brad is on two sides with Cincinnati in agreement and with San Francisco. And you see a couple of props, a couple of different plays on uh, either a player prop or even an overtotal. Uh, for the guys here as well. All right, before we wrap it up, again, folks, thank you for watching us live. Hit the like button if you're not gone. We are here next Thursday, 1 Eastern time, prior to the AFC and NFC Championship Games. One more time, we'll make some predictions before uh, that showdown, uh, either uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Buffalo, or Cincinnati, some combination in the AFC title game, Philadelphia, someone's Giants, 49ers and Cowboys to be paired up in the NFC title game. We'll be here next week. Final thoughts. Brad Thomas, a final thought uh, here before we hit the divisional weekend. Uh, yeah, one final thought. I think it's interesting to see. Like This is when the veteran quarterbacks, like a la Patrick Mahomes, have that second gear. So, I mean, if any of these guys go down like, like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, I'm probably going to be finding some live team totals that I'm going to bet. 
Well, and again, uh, you know, Brock Purdy, does the magic run out at some point <laughs> for him? Does Dak Prescott look anything like he looked last week when he had all day to throw, like Farley was talking about? Again, he dismembered the Buccaneers. 25 of his last 30 he completed in that game. I don't think he's going to have that same luxury. Farley, final thoughts, my friend, before we head into the divisional round weekend. A great point by Brad. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, a lot of pressure. I mean, Daniel Jones, uh, they're, you know, they're facing guys who are absolutely ice cold in these situations. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can handle it because this is what makes champions. This is what really separates quarterbacks at this point. Um, the final thing I want to say is just I, I think it's a little too easy to assume that one and two seeds will be in the conference championship on one on both sides. I think there's going to be some kind of mix up. I don't know where it's going to come. Uh, by the by, the attire. We, hey, we that said I, have on I don't mean to interject. I'll, I'll I'll interject again. We said earlier in the show, if you're just joining us, both the number one seeds lost a year ago in this yeah. round. To your point, Green Bay and Tennessee both lost at home, so it's not far fetched that either the Eagles or the Chiefs could be beaten on Saturday. It happened a year ago. Hundred percent, and you can you know you can tell by the by the hoodie I'm wearing which side I hope is the upset this weekend but I just think you know I don't think it's going to be one two one two I think there's going to be one aberration in there uh but either way all four games should be awesome well and we're liking Cincinnati to maybe be that fly in the ointment against Buffalo maybe it's your Giants though coaching matters and the giant mojo and uh and, and the fact that Dayball has gotten the most out of that offense without explosive plays they have figured out how to win this way so let's see if it continues guys great stuff thank you brad thomas chris farley we see you with the giant paraphernalia on good luck <laughs> enjoy all of that boys thank you great job appreciate it uh antonio everybody at bet us great stuff uh we always appreciate the help from the guys behind the scenes we thank you for watching again hit that like button make sure you're subscribed we will be here next thursday we will know the four teams that are left vying for the super bowl next thursday here on the bet us nfl show good luck this weekend we